This is the shameless. This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code shameless at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code shameless at Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com, Jace Medical.com, code shameless. Mom Academy episode 393. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 393. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. So excited to be here with you today. It's officially the right and smack in the middle of the holiday season. If you celebrated Thanksgiving last week, I hope it was lovely and relaxing and some nice time with family. And if you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, and any other holiday coming up, I know that you might be feeling all the energy, right? So I actually wanted to give a little shout out to our Shameless Mom of the Week because I got a review all about this. So Shameless Mom of the Week this week is Erica D 17 Remember, our Shameless Moms of the Week always come from a review left in Apple Podcasts. So if you go to shamelessmom.com slash review and leave a review letting me know how the show has impacted you, you might be nominated Shameless Mom of the Week. So Erica D 17 said, Shameless Holidays. Sarah, thank you so much for your podcast about the holidays. The holidays stress me out every year and I dread coming into the holidays season because of the impending stress. I have a perfectionistic personality and I want everything to be absolutely perfect and I want to please everyone. I have a two-year-old son and we're expecting our second baby in March. Thank you for reminding me that it's okay to not be perfect and that the holidays should be enjoyed. This year, I intend to be shameless about enjoying the holiday with my two-year-old and my husband and not let the stress impede my health during my pregnancy. I will focus on making memories and will watch the magic of the holidays through my son's eyes. Thank you for reminding me that it's okay to throw perfection out the window and to be shameless about it. 
So thank you, Erica D17. I love that. I love that you're being intentional around making memories and watching the magic unfold. I think that is absolutely what this time of year is about, especially when you have these little tiny ones. Oh my gosh, the seasons are so, so fun with little ones and they that's a short amount of time. So I appreciate that you're really, really listening to yourself and those desires that you have to be there for the magic to really be present for it and let go of that perfectionism and stress. Also sending you lots and lots of love for that baby number two on its way. So I want to talk a little bit about the holidays before we get rolling here, because if you're thinking that you might want like something real special for the holidays this year for yourself, you might want to consider a Shameless MomCon ticket. So Shameless MomCon 2020 is happening in March in Seattle. So it's March 26th through the 28th in Seattle. And tickets are on sale now. And buddy tickets are on sale now. So we have early bird ticket pricing, which is going to end soon. We also have buddy tickets and the buddy tickets are going away soon. So this is the best pricing you are going to get on your Shameless MomCon tickets. So if you're like, hmm, I want my partner to get me something really awesome for the holidays, or hmm, I'm going to just buy myself something really awesome for the holidays, go ahead and grab yourself your Shameless MomCon ticket. This is going to be an amazing, amazing, powerful, life-changing event. Last year, we had 50 shameless moms in a room for the first ever shameless mom con. And it was such an immediate smashing success that I committed to do it again within like an hour of last year's conference. So shameless mom con 2020, it's going to be a hundred shameless moms. We're doubling the size of the event. It's going to be held in the Sheridan in downtown Seattle, which is a beautiful venue. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to be announcing some speakers soon. We have amazing speakers coming. I will be doing a ton of speaking and coaching and talking. There will be opportunities for you to connect with other new mom friends. We had a lot of women last year leave with like really tight friendships, which they have maintained throughout the year, which has been so fun and beautiful to see. So if you're looking for a really sacred, special place to just take some time on your own or to connect with other moms, Shameless MomCon 2020 might be for you. So go to shamelessmomcon.com to grab yourself a ticket or to get those buddy tickets. Remember, ticket prices are going to go up and buddy tickets are going away very soon. So go to shamelessmomcon.com to grab your tickets. And now let's talk about, I'm like sitting here clapping to myself in my office. (laughs) So weird. So now let's talk about our content for this week, which I'm really, really excited about. And I think actually segues well. We talked about Shameless Mom of the Week, Erica, who's talking about holidays. And she actually was kind of touching on like self-care around the holidays, how to do the holidays in a way that doesn't feel burdensome, stressful, overwhelming, too perfectionistic. Then I talked about Shameless MomCon and how attending Shameless MomCon can help you. These are both examples of self-care, really listening to what your needs are, being intentional around taking time and space for yourself and doing things that are really special for yourself. And now we're going to talk about self-care as a discipline. So I feel like these things are lining themselves up beautifully today. I love it when this happens. But I want to talk about self-care as a discipline because here's the thing. Media has screwed some things up for us. Again, thank you, media. So media likes to screw things up for us all the time. So media has allowed us to believe, and some of this is social media, some of this is news, but media has allowed us to believe that like women need more self-care, so they should take more bubble baths and drink more wine. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things, but also there's this whole other side of self-care as a discipline that is really, really crucial. So I just spent the whole last month, the month of November, talking about this in Momentum Mamas. This was actually our theme for the month. So every month in Momentum Mamas, we have a theme, which we talk about over the course of four weeks. And we talked about self-care as a discipline over an indulgence as a theme. And this all came out of an article with a similar title, 
that really inspired me to bring this up as an ongoing conversation in our membership community. And now I want to bring it up here as well, because I think that there's some things that we're doing wrong. And I want to help moms get into a better place around self-care where self-care is much more routine and also where self-care is viewed in a way that it's seen as something extremely important, like a critical care component of our life. So here I'm going to talk through how you might be doing self-care wrong. I'm going to talk about how to upgrade your mindset around self-care. And then I'm going to talk about self-care in a couple different ways. I'm going to talk about disciplined self-care and indulgent self-care. Both are important. So I want you to be aware of what both are and why you need them both and why you're very, very deserving and worthy of both. So let's start with how you might be doing self-care wrong. So I'm going to go through nine things here. So when you're in my membership community, you get the deep dive on all of this. So you're going to get some quick notes on this. So if you're sitting down, you might want to take some notes. If you're driving, you might want to listen again later because you don't get the deepest dive. I can't give you four weeks of content in the next 30 minutes. So I'm going to go through some of this fairly quickly and I'm going to give you some space to then take it and apply it in ways that are appropriate for you after this. So nine ways that you might be doing self-care wrong. So number one, you're using self-care as a reward rather than a necessity. Number two, you're viewing self-care as an occasional indulgence rather than a daily habit. Number three, perhaps you're framing self-care as selfish or self-centered in a bad way. So let me just clarify, self-care is self-centered because you should be at the center of your own life. That is actually very appropriate and totally important. So sometimes we look at like, oh, well, I don't want to be like the center of everything or I don't want to be selfish or self-centered. Well, you actually, by virtue of like being a human being, are allowed to prioritize yourself first and put yourself in the center. Number four, you might be doing self-care wrong by trying to make it too perfect, too rigid, too structured. This comes up sometimes in morning routines. So in my morning routine process, which I have a free download around morning routines, if you go to shamelessmom.com slash 15mm for my 15-minute manifest, I talk about how sometimes people are like, oh, well, if I'm going to do morning routine, it has to have these like 27 steps. And if I miss the first step, then the whole thing is ruined. No, 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 no. So self-care does not need to be perfect and rigid and structured. There can be a lot of flexibility and adaptability within your self-care. And sometimes we lose sight of that, especially for us high achiever, perfectionistic type A kind of people. You also might be doing self-care wrong by using it as an escape. You might be practicing a lot of numbing behaviors and calling them self-care. So mommy wine culture definitely comes to mind. Other things that we do, other numbing behaviors that we might kind of cloak as self-care would be emotional eating, consumption of sugar, watching TV, scrolling social media, you know, being on our phones or our devices a whole lot. So there's definitely things that we do as numbing practices that can sometimes provide a needed escape, but sometimes we overuse these things. So like one glass of wine might be a nice relaxation. You know, three to seven glasses of wine actually probably is not benefiting you. That's probably actually not self-care that's actually serving you well. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why C developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit C.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. 
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Number six, you might be telling yourself that you don't have time for it. So telling yourself, I don't have time for self-care. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Who has time for a massage and a pedicure? So the thing is, you might be looking at self-care completely wrong because there's so much you can do for self-care that does not require an appointment or leaving your house. And the flip side of this, if you're telling yourself you don't have time for your own self-care, then I want you to ask yourself, do you instead have time for anxiety, for depression, for cancer, for diabetes? Because these are absolutely the increased risk factors that you will have if you are not taking time for self-care. So which is better for you? Which do you have more time for? Do you have more time to take good care of yourself today? Or do you have more time to be more anxious or more depressed or be higher risk for disease tomorrow? That might sound extreme, but it is absolutely true. The seventh thing you might be doing wrong with self-care is you might be assuming it costs a lot of money. So people often are like, well, I can't afford self-care because who can afford like a massage every week or who can afford a date night every week? Self-care does not have to cost money. This, again, is a media thing that tells us that self-care has to be this luxurious, indulgent, like over-the-top experience every time, and that's not true at all. There are plenty of ways to do self-care for free. You might be telling yourself that it is a stressor, or maybe you've set it up in a way that is allowing it to be a stressor instead of a value add or instead of a joy creator. So this might go back to the morning routine being too many steps, or this might go back to like you know, if I'm going to work out, it has to always be that I drive to the gym, I go to a class that's an hour long, and then I take a shower, and then I drive home, and the whole process takes like two hours. And that's really stressful. That means you're doing it wrong. You've created an area where self-care is a stressor, and there's other ways to do it that actually could add joy or add value for you. And then number nine is that you might be mistaking it for always being enjoyable rather than routine and disciplined. So this is the big one. We mistake self-care for always feeling really good. And sometimes self-care doesn't feel good in the moment. Sometimes it's not an immediate gratification thing. And this is where we've messed it up. This is where the media has messed it up for us that we think, oh, well, if one glass of wine is good, two glasses is better. That's self-care, right? No, no. Just because it makes you feel better in the moment does not mean that it is serving you well in the long run. And so some self-care absolutely should be indulgent and feel really, really good. And some self-care should be disciplined. Some self-care is like not hitting snooze three times, making yourself go to bed earlier at night, putting down the wine, putting down the sugar, making yourself go do the workout, 
making yourself do the meditation, even though it's so hard to quiet your mind. So some self-care is actually not enjoyable in the moment. Sometimes it's hard in the moment. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's physically demanding or grueling or painful. And the payoff and the benefit are what makes it important and you know a huge piece of why you need to do it. So I'm going to dive into indulgent self-care versus disciplined self-care now and give you have a, give you a little context around what each is and why they're both important. So indulgent self-care is what we mostly hear about. So it's the bubble baths and the wine and the date night and the girls weekends and the getaways, the manicures, the pedicures, the eyelash extensions. It's all these things that feel really, really good. And there's absolutely a place for that. So indulgent self-care is important. Indulgent self-care is important for long-term happiness. Like if you want to be happy in the long term, you absolutely need to be creating space for yourself to go do indulgent things every now and then, or even on a routine basis. Indulgent self-care is also important for the joy of anticipation. So I have a parenthetical note on this that says, have something to live for. And I use the example with this around, for me, around travel, my husband and I, early on when we were dating, we took our first big trip together. We went to Costa Rica for nine days and we booked this trip months and months in advance. And I was so excited for it. It was the biggest trip I'd ever done. It was like the longest trip I'd ever done. It was a really, really big deal to me. And when we were done with that trip and we got home, I remember being in the airport coming home and just having this overwhelming feeling of like, there's nothing left. And this sounds so dramatic. <laughs> this is how my mind works sometimes. But I was like, what do I have to live for now? Like for the last, I don't know, nine months or something, I have just been living for this trip. Like this was the coolest thing I've ever done. And now what? Now I'm just back to the grind, back to going to work every day. I don't have a big, another, another big trip on the horizon. Like what's next? And it was this very heavy feeling to me. And at the time I called it post-vacation depression. And I learned that that's actually something I struggle from routinely. Like when I get back from a big vacation that I've had a lot of anticipation around, I struggle with post-vacation depression where I'm really sad to be back. And the sadness for me is not that the vacation is over as much as that I don't have that big thing to look forward to. So anticipation for me is really fun. The excitement of anticipation is really, really fun. And that is very gratifying to me. So indulgent self-care, booking a trip for six months from now, booking an experience, like having these things on the horizon, knowing that maybe there's something I do every Wednesday that I just love. The anticipation of those things make a really big difference. So I, on Fridays, always have fun Friday, which sometimes is 20 minutes and sometimes it's two or three hours, but where I do like one little thing that's fun for me. And I all Friday or all week long, I look forward to that fun Friday, whatever the activity is going to be on Friday. So this indulgent self-care is really important for that element of anticipation, that idea of like, this is the thing I get to look forward to this week or this month or in six months or whatever the case may be. Another piece of this is that indulgent self-care is really important for your overall joy. So it's important for long-term happiness, but it's important for you just your overall joy on an ongoing basis. It's also important for your gratification. And so indulgent self-care is really important for this gratification. Maybe sometimes it's earned. So it might be gratification around like, I worked really hard and now I'm going to go treat myself to this thing. Or it might be like, I didn't even do anything and I'm still going to treat myself to this thing. So there's those are both of value, but that gratification around like, either I earn this and that feels really good, or this is just what I do. This is how I treat myself. This is how I show up as a queen. And that feels really good too. And then 
The last piece of indulgent self-care being important is that it's important for you to feel special and worthy. And especially when you're in these phases, especially if you're a working mom with multiple little kids, where you often just feel like ragged and disgusting, like there's barf on you, but you're in a suit and you're trying to pull it off like you're cool and you don't notice that there's barf on you and you're exhausted and you feel like, you know, you haven't washed your hair in five days and you're hoping no one notices because you're in a meeting and you're trying to show up as like your best self, but you think everyone might notice that you're really not your best self right now. So indulgent self-care is really important for you to feel special and worthy because there's definitely phases in our lives, especially as moms and as women as well, where we don't feel special and worthy, where we really need to like dig deep to find that. And indulgent self-care can really help that. So this idea that I deserve something regardless of whether or not I earned it. And that kind of goes back to the gratification piece as well, but feeling special and worthy. So I do this a lot when there's something that I see. I actually, a while ago, there was this watch I really wanted. And it was in, I think it was like September or early October that I saw it. And I was like, I really want this. And maybe I should ask for it for my birthday or for Christmas. And then I kept like eyeing it for a couple of weeks. And finally, I was like, no, I'm just going to buy this. I work really hard. I deserve it. I want it. I want to have it for a couple of events that are coming up. I'm just going to buy it for myself because again, special and worthy, right? Also, it contributed to gratification. Also, it contributed to my overall joy. Also, it contributed to my anticipation and excitement around anticipation as I waited for it to arrive because I knew that it was coming versus like wondering, am I going to get it for my birthday? Did Vince really pay attention when I sent when I sent him that link? So... Indulgent self-care is important for all of those things. Discipline self-care. Discipline self-care is more around taking care of your physical and mental health and having practices and routines that really help you show up in ways that support your physical body, that support your your mindset, that support the way that you operate in the world and that support you living in a proactive space versus a reactive space. So discipline self-care is really important for sustainable growth. If you want to be continuing to grow as a person in whatever profession you're in, as a wife, as a family manager, and whatever the roles are in your life, discipline self-care is going to be really, really important for that. So discipline self-care in your profession might be like going to conferences sometimes, even if it means traveling away from your family and that's hard. It might mean reading a book in bed for 10 minutes at night. Discipline self-care around sustained growth might look like reading a parenting book or reading a book on marriage. So these are all forms of self-care that allow you to have sustainable growth in a certain area of your life. The next piece of this is that discipline and self-care is also important for energy preservation. So there's a lot of things that we do around self-care, the things that we can do around self-care that help us preserve our energy. So for me, I run really ragged if I'm constantly in reactive mode. So if I wake up at the same time as my child and I'm just immediately responding to him, responding to emails, responding to all the needs of everyone else in my life and not my own, my energy just feels like it is getting sucked from me like one exhale at a time. I'm just like exhaling and giving it to someone else, exhaling and giving it to someone else. And by four o'clock, I'm so done and I'm bitter and I'm annoyed and I'm tired. Like I want to take a nap. I want to order pizza. I don't want to serve my family. I don't want to have family time. I just want to go to bed and escape. So disciplined self-care for me looks like getting up before my family, getting a couple things done before they get up, having some time that's just for me, spending some time journaling. Sometimes I'll read a little bit. Sometimes I will work on a little a task related to work, drinking a cup of coffee by myself with the dog. So these are things that give me energy. Even though I'm getting up earlier, which is hard to do many times, it gives me energy to start my day in that space. So energy preservation is huge. 
exercise is really, really important for this. So exercise actually gives us energy. So whether you're getting up and going for a walk, we actually have one of our Momentum Mamas members who's been getting up for the last few months. She gets up and goes walking every morning before her family's up. And that is her way of preserving energy. She finds that when she gets up and does that, she's more patient with her kids all day. She's more engaged and focused with them. She just finds way more joy throughout her day. So for her, her disciplined self-care is getting up. She's not a morning person. Getting up early in the morning, going for her walk. That is discipline for sure for her to do that. But the way that that impacts her energy for the whole day is so, so valuable. The third piece of this is that disciplined self-care is important for your physical and mental health. So disciplined self-care is around choosing foods that fuel you, choosing nutrient-dense foods that give you energy and keep you healthy, like eating the kale, putting the kale in your smoothie, having the quinoa, getting the brown rice, like whatever the thing is, recognizing that this has long-term health benefits, like eating your fiber. I know the older I get, the more I'm like, does anyone have any prunes around here? Like these kinds of things where you're like, no one's like, yes, I love prunes. But you're like, you know, sometimes mom needs a prune. So discipline self-care that really supports our physical and mental health is really important. So this includes things like going to the dentist, getting a mammogram, getting a colonoscopy, like all the fun things, right? And then mental health, discipline self-care also includes really um, honoring your needs in terms of your mental health. Sometimes that's a therapist. Sometimes it's journaling. Sometimes it's meditation. It's going to look different from person to person. And it might look different for you from season to season in terms of what you need. It might be medication. So looking at what kind of self-care routines do you have in place that support your physical health and your mental health? I know for me, one of the things that I do is I always book appointments while I'm at an appointment. So Last week, I had a doctor's appointment and a dentist appointment. I booked the next appointment while I was there so that I already have the next one set up because that's disciplined self-care. I know six months from now when that next appointment is. Mental health, similarly. I know for me that for me to manage my mental health, I need to be sleeping well, which means I actually take medication to sleep. It makes all the difference. It has changed my life. I also know that I need to be exercising most days of the week. So six days a week, I exercise. Sometimes it's for 10 minutes. Sometimes it's for 30 minutes. But for me, my mental health care is around disciplined routines. Number four, disciplined self-care is important for balance and space in your days and your weeks. Now, when I use the word balance, I'm not saying that anything is going to be like evenly dispersed, but I'm saying that there will be like a pendulum swinging in a way that works for you or a trade-off. So balance and space in your days and your weeks, it might be that one week is really heavy on work time and very low on family time. And you're aware of that and you notice like, okay, so I noticed that this week's going to be a heavier work week. So for my self-care to keep up with that, this is what I require. And then another week might be a really heavy family week and a light work week. And again, looking at what do I need to do for that to feel good? So it's a constant assessment and evaluation around like, where is the pendulum this week? How are the things I'm also imagining like a balancing scale, like an old school scale where it's higher on one side, lower on the other. And where do things fall on any given week or any given month or given season? And then how am I coping relative to that? So I know for me in like really intense work seasons, I tend to get higher anxiety and not sleep as well. So I have to be really, really aware that that's coming. And I have to be really aware of, okay, like, you know, you're probably going to be waking up at 4am for the next couple weeks, because that's what I do when I'm anxious. So if I know I'm going to be waking up at 4am, that means I'm probably not going to wake, stay up late and watch TV with my husband. It might mean that I'm when I after Vinny's in bed, I'm like, yeah, I will watch like a 30 minute show with you and then peace them out versus like, let's watch a movie. 
So being aware of where that balance lies for you and where you get your space. Because if I'm going to be awake at 4am and often out of bed then by 5, I'm going to have extra space in my morning to get things done because that feels good to me when I'm anxious. But I need to accommodate for that by being in bed at a reasonable hour so that my sleep is not compromised and so that I'm not running ragged. And then the fifth piece of discipline self-care is that discipline self-care is really important for restoration and recovery. So I actually have just been talking about sleep. I did not plan that segue, but here we go. It works out well. So discipline self-care is really important for restoration and recovery. So what are you doing to have discipline around rest? When are you resting? When are you making yourself go to bed a little earlier? When are you maybe sleeping in a little bit later or taking a nap? I have had friends who have told me like, yes, there's days where I, in my private office, I close my office door and climb under my desk and take a nap. I have a good friend who's a lawyer who did this during her entire second pregnancy because she had another toddler at home. She's like, I can't go home and take a nap. Even if I leave work early, I can't go home and take a nap. So I'm going to crawl under my desk. I'm going to close the office door, crawl under my desk and take a nap for 10 minutes. So what does restoration and recovery look like for you and how are you building that in? And so that's getting your good sleep. That's not, you know, that's honoring and that might be trading with your partner. So I want to definitely recognize for those of you who are like, yeah, easy to say when you don't have a two-year-old and a two-month-old. So looking at what does restoration look like for you if you are in that situation, how are you trading with a partner? Can you like have a night nurse once a week or can you do a trade with a friend so that you can take a nap on a Saturday? What are the ways that you can get extra rest, extra recovery? Could you put your toddler in front of the screen a little bit more? I'm not saying it's the best option, or I'm not saying it's the thing that you're super excited about, but it might be the best option right now. That's the difference between indulgent self-care and disciplined self-care and why they're both important. So I want to talk a little bit about how to upgrade your mindset around self-care. And so I've given you examples as we've gone through this around different things that self-care can look like and different ways that we incorporate self-care. And sometimes maybe some things you've even missed around what self-care is and is not. So I want to talk now about how you can upgrade your mindset because in order for us to have results in any area of our life, it really begins with our mindset. It begins with believing that something matters, believing that we're worthy of it, believing that we're qualified and capable of doing it, all these kinds of things. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, You'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. 
I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. So I'm going to talk through eight different ways to upgrade your mindset around self-care. So number one is to schedule your self-care as part of your daily routine that is as crucial as brushing your teeth. So we often think like, oh yeah, I'm going to start exercising next week, or I'm going to start journaling, or I'm going to start this or that. And then we don't, like, here's the thing. You will decide to do something and then your child will get sick or your husband has to go out of town or whatever the thing is. And then we're like, well, I guess that means I can't start it till next month or next year. So I want you to look at daily routines that involve self-care as being as crucial as brushing your teeth. And also like helpful hint on this, just do things that you can do every day. Like instead of being like on Mondays and Wednesdays at two and then Tuesdays and Thursdays at one and Saturdays at four, very few people can manage habits that are like that. So do the thing that you can do most days of the week at the same time. That might mean that you get up early every single day and it might be worth it. So, or that you do six days a week. So for me, like I work out first thing in the morning, six days a week, because if I were to be like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to work out at 10 and on Thursdays and Saturdays, I'm going to work out at four. It would just create so much extra energy in my life to have to manage that and negotiate around it. And then like, if Vinny needed to get picked up early one day, then I'd be trying to figure out where else I could put it. And it, it wouldn't work. I would work out half as much as I do right now. And I know, again, for my mental health, that exercise needs to be happening most days of the week. So I just do it first thing in the morning. So it happens by 7 a.m., five or six days a week. On the weekend, sometimes it's like at 8 a.m., but it happens first thing. Before I eat anything, before I like take a shower and go anywhere, I'm going to work out. So being really conscientious that it is scheduled and integrated in a way that it is as automatic and as critical as brushing your teeth. Number two is that you view it and you practice it as a necessary habit. So we also get into these practices around negotiating things. So like, I'm only going to meditate on like Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm not saying that's bad because that's way better than nothing. But if we're not viewing it as a necessary habit, then we're not as likely to stick with it. So looking at it as a necessary habit, not just something that happens if you happen to get the kids to bed early or if you happen to have a down, you know, downtime at work, because often those things aren't going to happen. So you need to look at it as like, this is a necessary habit that I'm going to make space for. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'm going to create a routine around this. I might even partner it with other routines. So I love Gretchen Rubin talks about this around linking habits so that you're more likely to do them. I do this with Vinny all the time. So in the evening when we're getting ready for bed, he has a set of three. His are often sets of three, three habits linked together where I will say PJ's potty teeth, PJ's potty teeth, PJ's potty teeth. Like those are the three things. They just automatically go together. So we're not sitting in bed reading stories and I'm like, oh my gosh, did you brush your teeth? No, because these three things, they all happen together every single day. In the morning, we have another one. It's get dressed, put on shoes, brush your teeth. So those three things always happen together because like literally he will not remember to put on shoes if it's not linked together. He will walk out the door in socks. It's happened. So we always have these three things together where they automatically happen together at the same time every single day. So where could you be doing that? Where could you be like having a 10 minute meditation partnered with brushing your teeth or partnered with taking a shower? So something that already is automatically happening and then you add the new habit and you link them so that they happen together. 
Number three, the third mindset upgrade is going to be around being the center of your world and prioritizing your care. So earlier I talked about self-care being self-centered. Yes, it is. That's fine. That's okay. You are allowed to practice self-centered self-care. That's actually totally appropriate. So really embrace being the center of your world and prioritizing yourself and recognizing that for anything else that you do to operate at full capacity and to like the fullest benefit for all involved, that you do need to be the center of your world and you do need to prioritize yourself. Really taking ownership for that unapologetically, being totally shameless and cool with like, yeah, obviously I'm the center of my universe. Obviously I'm going to do what I need first. Because I'm telling you, your partners probably have no problem with this, right? Like your partner has no problem sitting on the toilet for 30 minutes in the morning, pooping while you do 18 million other things because they're like, yeah, so dude, I got to poop. Like, I'm just going to go poop now. A woman on the other hand is like, actually, don't worry guys, I'm going to just hold it. Like this literally happens. I know some of you right now are like, how does she even know this happens at my house? Because this is what we do. Women are like, I'll hold my poop till it's convenient. And dudes are like, yeah, so obviously I'm not going to hold this because that would be crazy. So I'm going to go poop, even though like the household is exploding right now. I'm just going to be in the bathroom for 30 minutes doing my thing. So I want you to really think about like, the necessity of your self-care being self-centered and how ridiculous it is that sometimes it's not that you hold your poop for hours because you don't want to get in anyone else's way that you need to go to the bathroom. Number four, the next mindset upgrade I want you to have around your self-care is to make it imperfect and as flexible and adaptable as needed. So I, this is a little bit in contradiction to what I just said around having it be the same time every day and having it be like built into other routines because that does create some rigidity. But here's the thing. I want it to be imperfect in the sense that you're like, I could go for a walk or a run. I could do sun salutations or get on my Peloton. I could exercise for 10 minutes or 30 minutes. Any of it counts. I could journal for 20 minutes or I could make a to-do list of three items. So looking at what you can do to check a box rather than to check a box perfectly and have it fit into some sort of really rigid criteria because something is better than nothing. And sometimes we think that there has to be like this very specific way to meet a protocol or implement a protocol in order for it to quote unquote count. And that really gets us stuck in our own way. So making sure that you create space for you to practice self-care in imperfect ways that are flexible and adaptable. So it might be that some days your morning routine is three minutes and some days it's 30. That's totally fine. It might be that some days your morning routine is with your kids sitting on your lap like mine was this morning. Vinny was like literally building Lego minifigs on my legs while singing songs from school while I was writing out my journal stuff for the day. It annoyed me to no end, but also I knew that I needed to write these things out to like get my head in the right space for the day. Number five, to use your self-care to give you energy versus allowing you to escape. So I want you to really upgrade your mindset around this. I think this is so crucial. And I think we miss the mark as women because I think we're marketed to do this. We are marketed by the alcohol industry. We're marketed by the food industry. We're marketed by Netflix. And we're marketed too by these industries and companies to let self-care be an escape. And there's a place for an escape for sure. Like let yourself escape in you know, as much as you need to in ways that serve you. <laughs> That's very important in ways that serve you. So watching a show might serve you. Watching 
three to four hours of shows instead of going to bed at a reasonable hour does not serve you. Having a glass of wine might serve you. Having all the wine, not so much. Having a little bit of sugar might serve you. Having three cupcakes, not so much. So really looking at what is the self-care that gives you energy versus creating space for an escape that does not serve you. Number six, see your self-care as a critical investment in your long-term health and longevity. So we talked about this. If you decide to ignore your self-care, then you are creating space and an open invitation for increased risk of all sorts of health conditions, anxiety, depression, so physical health conditions and mental health conditions. So I want you to see this that self-care as a discipline is a critical investment in your long-term health and how long you will actually live your life and the quality of life that you will live. Number seven, keep it super simple. So this goes in hand in hand with number four around keeping it imperfect and flexible and adaptable, but keep it super simple. Self-care does not have to be super fancy. It doesn't have to be the perfect journal. It doesn't have to be the perfect anything. It can be super simple. So do little things, integrate little things that you can start today or start tomorrow. Do not make it like, oh, but I can't do that till I put together the plan that I'm going to start in January. No, no, start today. And then number eight is the final mindset upgrade around self-care is to recognize the gift of discipline. Some of you already know that and you get it and you are, you love discipline and others of you are like, I like to just be a little bit more, you know, take it as it comes and see where I land. I get it kind of not really because I'm not really that way. But so I understand that there's people that think that way. And also I want you to look at and I've talked to so many moms about this who have been in this place and they've implemented some structure and some discipline and had so many benefits. I want you to look at what it could be like if you had a little bit of discipline. So look at implementing a couple things, pairing them with habits that already exist and seeing what the outcome is, seeing how it feels, collecting the data to be like, wow, I actually do have more energy if I do it that way. I do feel better. I do have more joy. I do have more energy to give. I'm more patient. I'm more happy, like all the things. And then recognizing like, oh, wait, this discipline thing, the structure thing actually kind of does serve me. So lots of information in this episode today. I hope it was helpful. Let me know. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Share this episode out. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy, especially on Instagram. Tag me in your stories. And then share this episode with people who you know and moms you know who might be struggling a little bit right now and might need a little self-care love to get themselves on a little bit of a path that feels like it's where they might get to be the center of their lives in the most appropriate way again. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.